0: So welcome to the Life Care Services HSD podcast series. I'm Dan Merriman, Senior Compliance and Public Policy Analyst for Life Care Services, and uh, we have focused on a lot of different issues with the HSD podcast, and one of those has been kind of the continuance of public policy and advocacy issues. And today, again, we'd like to, to resurface the, the issues of public policy and advocacy. And I'm joined today by Steve Bamer of Leading Age Florida uh, to talk a little bit about kind of the state association roles. Welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Steve, uh, one thing I think a lot of our, our uh, listeners would like to understand a little bit is just kind of some of the roles that uh, state association, like Leading Age Florida, will do kind of day in, day out to support the political efforts for for our industry. If you could just kind of highlight some of those. Sure. So when we think about the work we do, Dan, we
1: focus on three primary areas, advocacy, education, and communication. And when I ask our members what's the most important thing we do for them, the answer is always advocacy. So uh, part of what we do is, uh, I I think for some of our members, advocacy is a three-month-long project because our legislature in Florida is a three-month legislative session. So part of what we do is fill in the gaps for the other nine months because it really is a 12-month operation. Um, So on a day-to-day level, Um, We're answering questions and responding to concerns about existing law, about things that have already passed and that need um, interpretation or elucidation. Um, But we are also spending um, all of those 12 months working on building the next um, advocacy agenda for Leading Age Florida. And we do that in a number of ways. We have policy experts on our staff who can kind of provide the starting points. Here are some areas we'd like to work in, some improvements we'd like to see. Um, we have public policy committees in each of our major segments, so that's affordable housing, assisted living, nursing homes, and life plan communities. Those policy committees are comprised of our members from around the state, so it's a great opportunity for members to get involved and help shape what our public policy agenda will be for the next legislative session and for years to come. So that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. We, we monitor and manage existing law, and we're continually building and preparing Um, to advocate on behalf of our members at the next legislative session.
0: Great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the overview. And uh, to give a couple of of opportunities for for your members, you mentioned committees. What are are other ways that that you see real members of of senior living communities kind of getting involved and and taking a part of?
1: Well, I, I love the question, Dan, because I tell our members in Florida when legislators see me or my staff coming, they see lobbyists. But when they see our members coming, they see constituents. And it's a very different conversation. So there are a number of ways um, senior living providers can get involved. Um, What we do in Florida, we we sponsor an advocacy event. It's called Advocacy in Action Legislative Days. That'll be in Tallahassee in January. Um, It's a three-day event where we have members come in from all around the state. We, We do educational programming on the issues. We want to make sure folks are briefed on what our advocacy agenda is going to be. Um, And then we send them out across the Capitol. They go out and meet with their legislators one-on-one in their offices and make the case for uh, the the issues that we are pushing for or defending our members against, as is sometimes the case. So that's one event. We we combine that with a couple of receptions where we invite legislators. Um, It gives our members an opportunity to build relationships with legislators in a social environment, which actually leads to the other uh, opportunity that um, our, our members take advantage of, and that is... Um, making those connections making those phone calls um, to their legislators when they're in their home districts we always advise our members if if the first time you're meeting with your legislators when they're in Tallahassee it's too late you've got to use those other 11 months to make sure they know who you are know who you serve know what's important to you invite them into your community Uh, they'll come uh, for a couple of reasons first of all in every state senior issues are priorities Um, But another issue, it's a very practical issue. Our our members in Florida are filled with voters, and legislators want the opportunity to connect with and reach out to those voters in our community. So we ask our members to host legislative visits, which they do, um, go visit their legislators in their district
0: offices when they're at home and really build those relationships. Great. Thanks, Steve. And uh, so we are both here right now and recording this in uh, Boca Raton at the Sinai Residences. And... Took part uh, earlier this afternoon in in an event hosted by by Sinai and Leading Age Florida and uh, the Jewish Association and, and a number of partners that kind of put together um, really a panel of both state legislators and a couple of the Congress uh, Congress people that represent uh, the, the local area here, uh, Palm Beach and kind of Boca area and. Uh, and, and I th- the all focus on senior living, and I, I think that was a great opportunity. Uh, and I, I'm going to first ask kind of your takeaways, mm-hmm. and then um, how easy do you think this is to kind of replicate and, and have other communities kind of do some something very similar and bring a lot of people in to talk about our issues. Sure. So in terms of my takeaways from the
1: event today, um, you set it up very well. Um, we have been trying to get legislators in Florida to talk about senior issues and senior living issues um, in a very focused way. And so this was a great opportunity for us to do that. As you said, we had, I think, six state legislators and two members of Congress here today. Um, So a terrific panel. My first takeaway because of that is that um, the legislators, both state and federal in this part of Florida, uh, understand that senior issues are front and center. Those are priority issues for them. Uh, and I was very impressed at how, um, um, you know, fully backgrounded the legislators were and how willing they were to engage in some discussion about what the challenges are and what solutions might be. Um, so I think that was great. And, and I think it demonstrates their understanding of how um, important these issues are. And that particularly in a state like Florida, um, it's difficult to talk about public policy and funding issues and those kinds of things and not talk about the influence and impact of seniors. So. Um, that's one takeaway. Um, I think on a more uh, operational level, um, it does strike me that this kind of an event is the kind of um, uh, opportunity that is replicable. Um, This can be redone in other areas of Florida. So we'll use this model elsewhere in the state, um, but could certainly be used by other states as well. Um, You know, leading age, Florida, um, handled a, a lot of the logistics, the background logistics. We handled all the media and publicity and promotion around the event. We helped bring legislators to the table. And I was honored to moderate the panel discussion today, which was a fun opportunity. Uh, but we really counted on Sinai Residences, our member provider community, um, to host it, provide the facilities, uh, make sure that it, that we provided a, a great experience and opportunity for legislators. And I think that helps in getting them to the table. Um, but maybe the, uh, the key element in replicating this, and another important takeaway for me, is that um, you've really got to get folks to the table who have those local connections with their legislators. One of our, our partners, the Jewish Federation of South Palm Beach, um, you know, those folks really know their legislative delegation in this part of the state. And so when they reached out and made the invitations, naturally the legislators accepted and, and came today. So I think that's both an important takeaway um, and an opportunity to to replicate something like this and every member in every state should be thinking about how can you uh, put on a panel discussion like this that benefits legislators benefits residents and to get senior living issues on the table front and center
0: right and i think that was important today that we really focused um, you know when you when you bring a handful of legislators things can go awry and things can go really off track and you can talk about a lot of different you know issues whatever's in the newspaper you know in the day and and certainly there there are uh, plenty of things that that could have came up today but but the you know event for for the couple of hours that we had those legislators was really talking about uh, you know the effects of senior living and our workforce issues you know issues with affordable housing and how that comes into play, not just for seniors but also for the support teams and the employees that work at, at communities like Sinai Residences. And so, I thought that was really, really key that that for the for the time that we had them, that they were really focused in um, on on our seniors and on our senior living industry. Um, one thing I'll I'll kind of ask you, and and this is. Uh, Even something I've experienced maybe a little bit uh, from LCS, corporate, making advocacy trips to D.C. and and talking to legislators is I I know I have a lot of data in in my hands. And I know I have a lot of understanding on on the industry and the issues as it relates to to the real hard facts. Uh, But what I I definitely see come to, to play more often that really moves Uh, legislators is when they hear the real life stories Mm -hmm. and we when they hear the personal connections um, and and that can come from our administrators our executive directors or other staff members doing part of their advocacy and I think that's part of why I I push so much to have you know members from our communities be a part of the advocacy is because they bring those stories that I don't get as much when, when I visit a handful of communities a, a year. Mm-hmm. So how have you seen kind of the stories play out or kind of override the, the power of the data?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think your insight is exactly right. Um, you have to have the data. You, we have to be able to make the case that what we're talking about is a significant issue and it's worthy of attention. Um, but after that, we coach our members, put a face on the issue. Because data is just data, as you've said. Okay. And so we're constantly looking for how do you put a face on the issue. So we have had, in fact, just last week, we had two administrators in North Florida um, visit with a key uh, committee chairman in the state legislature um, to talk about the impact of some funding issues on their communities, what would it mean for them operationally, um, but also to talk about the people who would um, you know, either no longer be able to receive the services that they're currently receiving, no longer be able to live in those communities, um, and to talk about the impact of those funding issues on the overall delivery of high quality care in Florida, everybody expects and deserves high quality care. Um, and these members were particularly good at putting human faces on what happens when you don't fund it appropriately or when it's over-regulated and those kinds of things. So, um, we're constantly coaching members, put a face on the story. It can be, um, um, after our last hurricane, um, there were curfews that were in place. And so healthcare workers couldn't get to senior living communities to take care of residents in the middle of the night because the police wouldn't let them through. And so that maybe doesn't seem, it isn't a a statutory or regulatory issue, but um, we were able to get people in front of um, local leaders and state legislators and say, look, these are the folks who care for the seniors in these environments. This person can't get through. Um, And we've managed to get some of that stuff changed. So, always recommending that we, that we back up the data with a story that we talk about how this actually impacts real people in their real communities. And again, this is a practical concern, but those are the people who vote for the legislators in those local communities. And so it really, it really can have an impact.
0: Great. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Um, and kind of one quick thing that uh, I think we may have kind of glossed over. I know you talked a little bit about what you do on a daily basis. And, you know, so far we've talked primarily about legislative work. Mm-hmm. But but I know, you know, associations really tie in closely to, to the regulatory side and kind of working with the regulatory agencies Uh Uh, like ACA in in the state of Florida, which which governs or assists the living and nursing home licenses or Mm -hmm. Office of Insurance Regulation, which governs the life plan side. Uh, What's kind of the role of the association uh, with those regulatory... Regulations and, and kind of the regulators and kind of how, is, are there differences or is that kind of a lot of the same process that you, that you go through? You know, the process, generally speaking,
1: is pretty similar. I think our role with regulatory agencies is part watchdog um, and part partner. And so uh, we've just seen this with, uh, you know, changes in the survey process for nursing homes, and we, we saw that have a, a dramatic impact in Florida on our nursing homes. Um, And we just passed a CCRC reform bill, took us three years to get it done. And the Office of Insurance Regulation is now in the process of writing rules, which as you know, represents the interpretation of what just passed in statute. So part of our job is is to play watchdog and make sure that enforcement hasn't gone too far and that we all retain shared goals around what enforcement should try to achieve. And that's substantial compliance, high quality care, that kind of thing. Um, the other part is partner and that's where i think it's very similar to our legislative work and that is that we work constantly day in and day out to build and nurture relationships with the regulatory agencies in florida so that when we need to sit down with them and talk about um, a regulatory change that we think needs to be made or the enforcement of a regulation that maybe has gone too far um, they're willing to hear from us and we engage our members in those conversations as well Um, we almost never meet with the uh, lead regulators Either for CCRCs or for assisted living and nursing homes, without having a member with us who can explain the real-world impact of what that regulation is is doing in their community.
0: Great, thanks, Steve. Uh so I want to recap a little bit a couple of the the couple of ways we talked about uh the ways that the people um administrators, executive directors, anyone at a community can really get involved. Um I know we also had the discussion earlier today about the importance of getting residents involved and kind of linking in resident groups and resident councils and kind of having some representation there too. Um but we talked a bit, a little bit about, you know, members of, of the association kind of becoming, you know, active in committees and, and, you know, even board positions that can focus on, on kind of public policy side. Um, there's the lobby days and you mentioned yours in, in late January. And I know that's replicated by most of these state associations nationwide, Mm -hmm. where they find, you know, a day to really bring in their members to speak their issues at the Capitol um, and try and get a statewide effort going. Um, And then also just the importance of, you know, that local reach out in terms of hosting a a legislator, hosting a tour, hosting a forum, um, and, and also the ability that you know our association has to really help get the, the wheels greased a little bit, to, to really get people engaged at the legislator level, to, to actually come to a community, uh, to work through some of the, those logistics. Um, and I think maybe the, the other one we, we didn't mention is maybe just if, if you're really interested to, to just call the you know, association and you know, call members of your staff and just say, hey, how can I get involved? Absolutely. We get, we get
1: calls, as I know every other state association does, every day from members who um, either need our help with a regulatory or statutory issue or who have an idea uh, in one of those two arenas. Um, And so certainly call your state association. I, um, you know, I know this perspective is shared across the country. We are um, a centralized location uh, for those kinds of questions and concerns. Uh, And it's really our job to be a a central player in helping pull together events like the one we did today. So call your association, find out how you can get involved. I know that all of my colleagues and all of the other leading age um, state affiliates will have numerous opportunities for members. Um, and it's, it's critically important, as I said, when the association shows up, legislators think lobbyists. But when members show up, legislators think constituents.
0: Great. Thanks, Steve. Uh, so I want to thank you for their time. Uh, I will say we, one thing we didn't talk about, and I'll put you on the spot a little bit, get into it as much as you want. Um, but we're here in October of, of 19. So January of 2020 is coming up real soon. And that means a brand new legislative session in Florida. Um, we've got a lot of communities that, that LCS manages in Florida. So any, any thoughts, the kind of the, the couple of key priorities that you're really focused on now that you think will be the, the big legislative targets in, in 20? Sure. So just a couple off the top of my head.
1: Um, you know, we passed our CCRC reform bill, as I mentioned. Uh, it's a 105-page overhaul of the regulatory framework, and it's pretty hard to do that without... Um, needing to come back subsequently and, and tweak some things a little bit. So uh, we'll probably be doing that. That'll be a good thing for our CCRC members and the investment community, which is critically important right. for those that have bond financing. Um, also, we'll be following up our legislature. Two years ago added some additional funding for nursing homes in the Medicaid budget, but it was one-time funding. And our members did not spend that additional money on uh, capital improvements necessarily. They invested those dollars in quality, which meant they hired people. And so uh, we'll be uh, going to the legislature to seek uh, recurring increases in funding in the Medicaid budget for nursing homes. We think it's critical for the delivery of quality care. And we'll also be talking to them about uh, taking another look at the reimbursement system itself at the state level, which we think is uh, is uh, unfair to the highest quality providers in the state. So, those will be the hot buttons we'll be working on in 2020.
0: Sure. Great. Uh, thanks for the overview. Uh, again, uh, to so Steve Bamer from Leading Age Florida. Uh, Steve, we really appreciate you kind of joining for this version of the LCSHSD podcast. And for others, uh, you can continue to listen to the series, uh, li- pull up some of the, the previous versions. Uh, as Steve mentioned, the, the lobby days, you can hear Julie Bissonette's. Uh, kind of a narrative on her experience in, in Madison and in a previous uh, version, as well as Catherine Jenkins sharing her DC experience and taking part of a leading age lobby day. So uh, I, again, thanks uh, so much, Steve. I appreciate you having it. And this will be a wrap on, on this, uh, this podcast of the uh, LCS HSD podcast. Thanks and have a great day. Legal Disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.